When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to Fantasy Football Scout Deadline Dilemmas ahead of game week 12. Um, we're back this week, just just me and Praz this week. How's it, how's it going, Praz? Well, I think everyone's recovered from their below average weeks, um, <laughs> you, you know, below average game week last week. And uh, yeah, I think everyone's sort of recovered and now looking forward and teams have quite a few dilemmas adding up. I mean, I don't know about you, but I started the week thinking, will I burn a transfer? I'm definitely not burning a transfer. No, I mean, I had a couple of options lined up um, and they've both got injured tonight. I mean, it was Duncan and Stupinan. So, yeah, I actually do have a much more of a dilemma than I thought. I was thinking like tonight I'm going to come on. I know what I'm going to be doing. Um, I even prepared some Dunk against the Stupinan stats. but I had missed it. Dunk also get injured. Dunk went off at halftime injured with a groin injury. Oh, my goodness. So that okay. eliminated my first option. Yeah. <laughs> And then obviously, for the, well, for those that don't know, a Stupinan came on for what, 12, 12 minutes, I believe? Yeah, yeah. I, I read about that. And uh, yeah, so that's gone. That's gone as an option. And uh, what else did we learn this week? Uh, or tonight, which is Simikas came on and was hooked at halftime and he made a mistake. Is that right? Yeah, he made a I mean, I didn't watch that game because I was on the train yeah. back from work. But from what I've read, um, he was at fault for the goal. Then he was hooked at halftime. <laughs> After, I mean, people okay. were worried by the fact he started, but then to start and then get hooked at half time, and Klopp has apparently been on one in the press conference after the game as well. So not in, in terms of Simicast, but at the team. But. Oh, okay. Well, that's not ideal. But then, to be fair, on Simicast, it may have been part of a plan because you know a lot of other players also changed, right? I mean, I think Sal did Salah come on at halftime as well. Salah came uh, on at halftime, yeah. so it could be just pre-planned uh, that that they do it. So, yes, I think it's a yellow flag on Simicast, but it doesn't mean that you know he's essentially dead as a pick. No, I agree, but it's, I think it's just when you combine it with the rest of picks people have in defence. I mean, that seems to be where the issues and dilemmas are this week. Because yeah. I mean, go back to when we wildcarded. I mean, Gabriel, for example. While we don't think he's a risk, there's still like a, there's still that little bit in the back of the back of your mind. You've then got this escalating Simicast situation where you're getting slightly more and more worried. You've obviously had a lot of people have cash. Obviously, cash had an injury. He's on the bench tonight. Yeah, um, that still puts a little bit of just a tiny bit of doubt in my mind after what happened to Estepinian. But obviously, it's not. I mean, it wasn't such a long term shoulder injury. thing. It wasn't muscular. I mean, it's always an issue with the muscular injuries, right? That there's a high chance of recurrence if you don't take it slowly. With a shoulder thing, I mean, if if he's on the bench, um, of all the defenders, even though he was the one that I originally thought maybe he can go if I have a luxury move to Estupinian or something like that. Now I'm thinking, oh, at least I have cash for this weekend. Uh, you know, he should be good to go against Fulham. Well, yeah, no, exactly. But sh- should we go into our teams? First of all, let's do it. They're, they're quite it. similar. I think we should start with yours. Okay. Because you've got Nketiah, so it looks, it looks better, even though he's flagged now as well. <laughs> you know, it's like that Godfather saying, right? Look what they've done to my boys. Uh, that's what I felt <laughs> after after uh, the, the Arsenal game last night, which is, you know, sitting pretty with, with double Arsenal attack, home to Burnley. Uh, and then Nketiah suddenly 
misses a late fitness test and now he's a doubt for Burnley and then Saka obviously limped off in the game and he's a doubt. Now, both could be okay, one of them could be okay or both could be out. So that's basically where I'm now essentially stuck and I'll first read out the team for those listening because people may want to listen to this on their commute on a Friday. Um, so Ariola in goal, I've got Gabriel Cash and Simicas. I've actually changed Simicas to Gehi now and we can talk about that. But uh, I, it, it was close anyway. It was Brentford. I fancy <coughs> Brentford to do well anyway. So why should I take a minute's risk when Gehi home to Everton is there? So I might swap that. Okay. And then Saka, Sun, Salah, Mitoma. Slight concern on Mitoma having played 90 minutes again and Sheffield United, sorry, the Sheffield United game being the fixture where Deserby might say, okay, give him a few, you know, few less minutes, but I have to play him. So Mitoma will stay. Uh, and then, so now it comes down to Saka and then my attack, Inketia, Haaland, Watkins. Again, if Watkins comes through tonight, no problem. Haaland, no problem. Haaland played, even though he was a doubt and taken off at halftime, he played the game, taken off at a reasonable time. And so he should be good to go for the weekend. So for me, it's a question of tomorrow in Arteta's conference, if he rules out either of these players, that's my transfer. So if Saka is out, but it sounds like with Saka, it's, it's something minor, right? Because Southgate has already come out today and said that I've called up Madison, Saka. Mm. Who else was it? There was a third player. Um or maybe Madison and Saka, because they're fine. They look okay and they're, they're keen to join, whereas Wilson is not. Something like that came out, right? Yeah, no, I saw that. I saw that. Well, actually, and Dunk was called up and obviously he's not, I'm assuming he's not, he's now not going to be in the squad. Although yeah. I did see um, Jesus. I don't know if you saw that was in the Brazil squad that was named four days yeah, ago. There is a story behind this. I, I spoke to some Arsenal fans okay. that they basically, when Partey was injured, the Ghana squad did not include him in the squad before Arsenal announced that he's injured. And so Arsenal were pissed off with with the Ghana's national team on, you cannot announce a player's injury. We have to update you. So you have to assume that the players are fit. So at least people are thinking that that's what's happening with Jesus, where it will be Arsenal who will then, either on Friday or on the weekend, say, look, he's not fit. He can't make it. If he can, fine. But I would be surprised because he wasn't even on the bench on, on the midweek. So I don't think the problem with Inketi is more... Jesus being out, I, I, I'm i pretty sure Jesus will be out. It's more if he himself is fit enough. And if he is, is he fit enough to start or be on the bench? Because Trossard was good midweek. So there's no reason to not have a Trossard, Martinelli, Saka front line again. Even though maybe a Burnley at home fixture is more an Inketia fixture, again, asking Arsenal fans, than a Trossard who's better against slightly tougher teams. I mean, if you... I mean, you can't, if you don't get very solid news, I feel like you can't transfer him out because it seems like the upside there is so big, you know, at home to Burnley. Yeah, 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 I, I agree with you. And Colm makes a good point. The third player was Bellingham, uh, which is obviously oh, not course. FPL relevant, but that's what Southgate said. So I guess the thing is, if I had no, if I had one free transfer and I could roll, I probably might if Inketia is sort of okay. But if he's not, then that's a real problem. And you have the same problem, which is what do you do if João Pedro is not starting? So not to get into your team yet, but if Inketia is out, which I'm now working towards as an, as a base case, I could do a couple of things. I could just do Inketia down to Archer, play Gehi as well as my four. And so that's fine. No problem. It gives me some funds to do something next week. There's another thing I could do is Inketia to Edward 
I know Andy, let's talk FPL, has been talking about it. It was always a plan because Edward's next four fixtures are actually really good, which are Everton at home, Luton away, West Ham away and Bournemouth. So good enough that you could play him and he rotates well with Palmer because when those fixtures become bad, Palmer's become good. There's a third option though, which is playing in my head, which I really like, which sounds really silly, which is basically Inketia down to Archer and upgrade Palmer to Eze. I have exact money. And it sounds silly because Inketia got me 17 points two weeks ago. Palmer got me 12 points one week ago. And to take both of them out for an Eze, it just, I don't know. if it, But my gut feel tells me that that's a good move because I know Eze has good fixtures next four. I love him in my midfielders list. He's probably second or third in Bumo, Eze, Palmer as the three guys I like the most in that sub-7 million bracket. So keep Eze for four weeks. Mitoma becomes Mbumo in, in two weeks. That would be my rough idea of where this team would go. What would happen to Eze? So I, I like the Mitoma to Mbumo. Eze becomes Palmer, back to Palmer in four weeks because as soon as Eze is finished playing Everton, Luton, West Ham and Bournemouth, Palmer has the best fixtures in the world after that. So it's the easiest downgrade I'll ever make. And yeah, I like yeah. I like that a lot. I like that a lot. You obviously add another another penalty taker into yeah. the mix as well. It's probably easier to do because you've got that massive spike from Inketia, as in you've got you know the seventeen points. Then you're moving them out. Then you're basically getting Palmer back in a few weeks. That's what I'm thinking because if I was wildcarding today, there's no chance I have a third striker. There's no strikers. I mean, people are looking to move out Watkins. Who do you move him out to? Because you know Alvarez is a pick, but tougher fixtures. Darwin is a pick, but then you get into game week 14, 15, 16. 15 is a midweek. I'm not going Darwin. I mean, he could do well, but I like during that Christmas period, the midweek game weeks, I like my players to play 90 minutes and and to sort of have upside. And I think players on penalties and playing 90 minutes are exactly the types of players I want, which is why I love the Palmer pick. I don't fancy Mitoma that much long-term, but I love the Mbumo pick, which you have. Watkins is that pick, Saka is that pick, Salah is that pick, Haaland hopefully is that pick as well. So it just sets my attack. I, so even though I'm using two transfers to fix one Inketia problem, it was always about Inketia and Palmer rotating because Inketia, let's say in an ideal world, he's fit. He plays this week, he plays the next week, which is Brentford, and then I'm happy to play Palmer, Inketia can become Archer. So it was always the plan to play a midfielder that is not Palmer for the next two to three weeks. And I like I like the Eze option for that reason. Oh, I like it. And I guess with Alvarez, who you touched on, he's obviously got a problem that Darwin's got, where after the international break, um, they've both got quite big minutes risks. I mean, I think Argentina have a couple of quite big games um, yeah. during the international break. He comes back. It's the early kickoff as well. So, yeah, I agree on the strikers. Just, just and on it's Saka, a tough game. Just yeah. on Saka, though. Did you did you say who you'd replace Saka with? If, let's say, Inketia's fit, but Saka's out, for example. So if Saka's out, I think he's not out for more than a week, right? So yeah, if I mean, it looks quite minor and it normally yeah. is with him, to be honest. Exactly. So if Inketi is fit and Saka's out, now I'm in a luxurious position where I have nothing to do, right? Apart from Saka being a problem. So I could do one thing, which is basically um, I could do Simicast down to a an Aston Villa defender or even a Newcastle defender. So let's talk about defenders a little bit later. Or I could just do a one-week Saka to Martinelli and then Martinelli back to Saka if he's truly out. But you and I know Arteta is not going to come out and say he's out. 
And so therefore, I'm not actually thinking about taking out Saka at all. He's fine. I've got a good first bench. I've even got a good second bench. I don't mind if Palmer comes on in the worst case at home to Man City. So I would. I don't think I will take out Saka unless he says he's out for weeks or something. No, I'm glad you got the same thought as me there. Because, yeah, I just, I mean, I've owned Saka every week. I just, yeah, I just don't want to sell him. It would have to be he is definitely out for this game. Um, and even then, we'd assume he's back after the international break. I, I, th- I think the only thing I'd have there is, do I then go to Bruno Fernandes for a week mm. um, and then move Bruno oh, Fernandes no, back Now you've to put Saka? the thought in my head. Of course you do that. Over Martinelli? Yeah. Yeah, I think, I think we'd have Luton. to. <laughs> of course you do that. Yeah. I mean, Martinelli would, would be tempting as well. I must admit, earlier in the week, when I was really struggling to find a transfer... Before the Saka, you know, knock, I was even thinking, could I do Son to Bruno Fernandes and back? But there's a lot of value tied up in Son. And he's playing 90 minutes now. Son doesn't need to go anywhere for me. No. I mean, a lot of people are debating between, can we take out Son for for Saka? um, For obviously people who haven't recently wildcarded and want to get Saka in. I think in that special case, because of Saka's upside over the next four, you could consider it. But Bruno's not in the same league. I mean, not unfortunately, even as a Man United fan. Yes, he could do well. But Man United, you know, we're just so so down at the moment that you just never know. Which which is a, another shock result, which is the next bad result. Even though home to Luton is probably the second or third best fixture in the league. Yeah, and I was, th- I was also thinking at the time that Spurs might be pretty down. Um, just for like the next week or, or two, as in game weeks or two. Just because obviously they've got suspensions... They got quite a few injuries, but I mean, then it's Son. You know, Son. He almost scored, didn't he, against nine man Chelsea? Um, like he pretty much did it all on his own. He had two. He sh- he could have scored two goals. I mean, one was obviously when they had eleven men. Mm-hmm. That marginal offside from Brennan Johnson. The second one that was unreal. They made that chance with nine men. I was like, if that had gone in, incredible. Um, yeah, I don't think off Son, Haaland, and Salah. I think I lose. Haaland or Salah before Sun, and that sounds really strange oh, thing wow. to say. And my assumption is that he's on pens. If that's not the case, I, I stand. I can change my mind. But Haaland, I'm saying because you know he is prone to the, an odd injury or he has a blank. Salah, I'm saying because he's off to off Afcon. So I'm saying in that context, I can see myself holding Sun much longer than than a Haaland or, or a Salah. He's just that good a pick, I think, this year. I can get that. And he's also the game week, well, the standout game week 18 captain, which. Slowly getting towards us, although it feels like we can't even really talk about that too much this week. Maybe for the defender discussion, a yeah. little bit we have to take that into account. But so maybe yeah, I mean either we switch to your team or we talk about defenders now. Should we? Should we do defenders? My team's quite similar to yours, so we can always okay. just quickly go past mine at the at the end. Because also Let's I don't see. know what I'm doing to be honest. <laughs> okay, so be- before we get to defenders, I've, I'm seeing some questions in the chat. So, Pulkit uh, uh, is asking if you're not going with Darwin. Would you keep him? You absolutely would keep him. I mean, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. My my statement was more because my play style, I like minutes. I like players to play 80, 90 minutes if they can. Darwin has huge upside, man. I mean, every time he plays, I fear that he can score a hat-trick. So I think if you have him, definitely he's a great pick. Yeah, and no, I agree. agree. I think owning the player is very different to buying a player. So, yeah, I wouldn't be buying him for Watkins, for example. Because, I mean, Watkins has got Fulham at home. So that's probably one of the reasons I've not considered it. But, exactly, exactly. Yeah, and Next also question. I think a lot of people are looking at defenders this week as well. So, I mean, that's quite luxurious to be able to bring Darwin in. I mean, maybe yeah. 
two free transfers and you've got money to do Pedro up to up to Darwin. Could, but, do, could do. Let's say Saka's yeah. out very long term. Let's say he says weeks, right? Then mm-hmm. Saka down to Eze, Inketi up to Darwin, something I think to thought about. Um that would be really nice, actually. Yeah, because I, I was even thinking Saka to Gordon, but yeah, I keep I keep forgetting about Eze because he's only just you know he's only just come back. I mean, Gordon is a good pick as well. He might even play centre forward, but then he plays Chelsea and Man United at home. Okay, they're fine fixtures, but I don't think Liverpool, sorry Newcastle score four, three, four goals there. I don't think Crystal Palace either. But it's pens, man. I mean, pens, free kicks. You just trickle through. In the next four games, he probably gets. And assist through something that is not standard, you know, non non play. So it's either a free kick or a penalty or something. This is bonus points. So I I, I still like as a way more than Gordon. Yeah, and for those without Palmer, then they've got their easy route from Eze to to Palmer potentially. Um, yeah. I mean, you could even keep Eze, Eze through. He's so cheap. I can't believe he's dropped to like what was he? He started six point five, man. didn't he? Yeah, yeah. Him and Mbumo were the same price. Now yeah, one, is 6. 1, one is six point one. One is six point. Eight, and you think preseason there was a lot of debate between the two, like if you go in Bumo or if you go Eze. Um, now there's a debate to have both, and you're paying less for them combined than we'd have paid in game week one. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, one other question for you: You're a soccer fan. Some people are concerned about soccer. I mean, there's some stats being thrown around that he's not had a shot on goal or something over the last four weeks, which I think is a little bit of, you know, he did play Man City, Newcastle and Chelsea, who were very good on the day, and he missed a game. So, but any concerns for you longer term or even medium term for Saka? I'll be honest, there was, there's been some frustration because, yeah, you look at his underlying stats and I think it's only really the last three, and that's pre- last three Premier League games. Obviously, he did, yeah. he did okay last night um, in, in Europe and, and he scored. Um, but yeah, there's been some frustration and even like not just stats, but also when I watch them, I feel, I feel like every time I watch Arsenal, I seem to be watching them chase a game at, like, towards the end. You're getting all Vieira and stuff coming on and Saka, it just seems like they're spread out across the front line. Saka's really, really wide. You never feel like he's going to score when they're, ch- when they're chasing, chasing the game like that. Yeah. But obviously they're not going to be chasing in, in every game. You'd think Burnley would be a comfortable win, for example. Um, I mean, the fixtures are too good. He's really well priced still. I mean, I suppose when you compare his price to someone like Eze or, yeah, or any of the cheap, you know, Mbuma, Matoma, um, maybe he's he's a bit more expensive, isn't he? But yeah, I just feel like he's set and forgetting my team. If we don't know if he's out or not, I will literally just start him um, yeah. and see what happens during the international break. Yeah, I'm so, the same. I'm the same. I mean, yeah. this is the period where... It's like if you're t- if you make a bad move or a bad pick then you could be three, four moves behind other people's teams because games come thick and fast. Injuries will happen thick and fast. You don't have a wild card mid-season this year. And so just get good, steady, stable picks that are less punty. And for me, that includes the guy's going to play minutes. He's going to get penalties. He's going to take corners. Arsenal will score goals. If there's a little bit of concern, maybe you instead of getting 20 points in the next four game weeks or five game weeks, you get 15. But it's not going to kill your team. So I think, yeah, these are just good bread and butter fish and chip picks, which you just pick, you just keep. And and you look look at what other people are doing as well. Like I've seen there's there's managers who don't have Saka. And before he got the knock, they were looking at ways, you know, how am I going to get Saka? They're, you know, looking at creative ways to get him in. And I can't really think of a time I've owned a player. Lots of people are looking at buying them and I've decided to to sell them. 
Mm. I think that's very rarely the right move. I'm not saying going with the crowd is like necessarily a good thing all the time, but if people are looking to buy Saka, you know, on mass, I I don't really see where you're going to be gaining an advantage by selling him. Um, obviously, the injuries change that a little a little bit, but I can't see me selling Saka for a long time. And I know I almost sold Saka for Son when we did the stream with Seb all those weeks ago. Um, I did indeed do that. I know I sold him for Madison later. Yeah. But yeah, that I wasn't happy with that. Um, so I think we're aligned. Let's talk defenders. So a lot of people have defensive problems. They have Botman, they have Burn, they have Odogi, they have maybe now even a Simikas who they don't like. They have an Estupinian. I feel like there have been so many problems in defense this year. It's ridiculous how it's become an issue and we're all making just defensive transfers every other week. I mean, before this week, over 50% of my transfers have been defenders. Well, you um, love defenders. And <laughs> honestly, I think that's what's going to happen. I, I I don't even, I do love defenders to be fair, but at the moment, I really don't love them. And on Scoutcast on Monday, I said there's no good defenders. And there was quite a good comment saying there are good defenders. You know, Palace have been playing well. Newcastle have kept lots of clean sheets, which to be fair is true. But the Palace defenders don't have any attacking threat. So I don't really see them as as good defenders. I just see them as rotation options who who will play. Yeah. Um, I mean, when I think of good defenders, I think of the times we've had, you know, players like Alonso, we've had Chilwell, James, um, you know, Gabriel when he, when he was nailed, Trent Alexander-Arnold, Robertson. I mean, that style of play is dead, I feel. You it, know, like, it feels the way like it. The, the two fullbacks or wingbacks being part of the five attackers, it's just, it's just gone as a as a strategy. But even just a few weeks ago, we could have players like Estupinan, obviously some people like Cash, um, some people have Rico Lewis for some for some reason, but there was lots of you know att- attacking fullbacks. Oh, it felt like, I mean, we started with Chilwell and James as well. Yeah. And I look at a lot of teams now and I look at a lot of players people are targeting and it's, I mean, it's centre-backs centre-backs are all really cheap players and every single player seems to have some kind of question mark over them i mean probably my most nailed defender at the moment feels like it's Maguire, um, and he didn't feel that nailed a couple of weeks ago true. and he That's doesn't true. feel like he's far off you know it wouldn't take much for him to be dropped i don't know your thoughts on on Maguire, for example but well we can start with Maguire. i think he's he's completely nailed at the moment uh, because i think there's some underlying issue between Varane and ten Hag. i mean Varane should have been starting um, and so, you know, if Johnny Evans was playing because he likes a left-sided centre-back and so Maguire was playing right. Now, if Evans is out, there's actually no left-sided centre-back. So Maguire can play there. He has sometimes preferred Varane and Lindelof. But at the moment, Maguire is playing just too well. So I don't think there's any issue with Maguire. The issue is with the team, but not with Maguire. No. So, th- so that almost says that he's my most nailed defender. Probably, maybe alongside... Gabriel, for example. Um, and it's why I've been trying to look at defender defenders this week. I was looking at Dunk, like I mentioned, just because I wanted to play. I mean, you've talked about it a few times on podcasts where there's this week coming up where there's three there's three yeah. games in a week. We've also got Christmas as well. So I just wanted a player like Dunk um, mm-hmm. who was going to be in the team. I can just start him. Yes, they've not kept any clean sheets this season. But he well, has they kept a clean sheet play. against Ajax tonight. I don't know why people get these... Uh... They're, I mean, it's just happenstance. Yeah, I mean, they've been average defence, but the fact that they've not get clean sheep. It's very okay. true. I mean, the first game week, um, what, Luton scored a penalty right yeah. at the end when they were, you know, Brighton were winning 4-0 from, from A memory. wrong penalty there too, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, um, I was looking at Dunk. It just doesn't feel like, I mean, even someone like Lascelles, obviously he's 
perfect because he's cheap, but we haven't got full details on Botman. So it could be something where we look back and Botman's out, you know, a year and we're like, oh, that was quite obvious to go for LaSalle. Yeah, yeah. Or it could be something where after the international break, Botman's back and everyone's like, oh, that's that was so obvious that, that Botman, you know, Botman was a risk to LaSalle. So he doesn't feel safe. I mean, what do you I, think I would about even say, Livramento? Well, let me let me talk about LaSalle yeah. first because he is, a lot of people are looking at him for the price, ridiculous price. I, I would say even if Botman is back in a, in a month, he's still not a great pick. And I'll tell you why. The The problem is game week 18, the blank that is coming yep. up. I know it's far out, but Newcastle have a very good fixture in game week 18. They play Luton. So by that time, what you when you will see your team and you will say, okay, great, I have Lascelles that will play Luton. That's another problem for you if Botman is back by then. And game week 18 is still way off. So Botman could easily be back by then. So unless we know that Botman is out till the new year or something, it's just so difficult to say, I want to have a Lascelles because what you're doing is you're getting Lascelles now. Maybe you play him this week against Bournemouth, against Chelsea, Man United. Okay, he's an okay pick. He's not a great pick. They kept a clean sheet against Arsenal, but he's okay. But then after that, Botman could be back anytime. But if he's definitely back by game week 18, now you have three blankers. You may go for Mbumo, you have Haaland, and now you have a Lascelles who doesn't play. So it just doesn't give me the same confidence of just saying I have to jump on him as if, let's say, Newcastle had amazing fixtures or no blank coming up and I can deal with that Lascelles problem later on if, if Botman comes back. It just adds to my headache. So then that's where Livramento comes into it. Livramento has the advantage that we know that Burn is out until the new year. So mm -hmm. we know that if Livramento works out, you have a fairly reliable person who can play game week 18 blank and give you huge upside leading up to it. Problem with him is Lewis Hall. Because this week, midweek, we were all waiting to see Livramento start, which he did. But unfortunately, he started on the right wing. And then Lewis Hall started at left back. Now, Lewis Hall maybe, what for whatever reason, was taken off at halftime. So I think pretty much everyone agrees that Livramento is fairly safe to start a lot of the games either at right back and by the way he even played left back in the same game so now the question is do you trust does Livramento become another Simicast in three weeks where one bad performance and he's out and Hall starts again or is he the most obvious pick that we will say in five weeks that it you know such a great pick 4.3 million why didn't I go there it was the same issue with Simicast we don't we didn't know the answer then we somewhat know the answer now with Simicas. With Livramento, we don't know. It feels like one of those ones, though, where you've, the way you've described Lascelles is at least and you can. there could be a grey area, like you described in Game Week 18, but you'd feel like Lascelles is either 100% to start or pretty much 0% to start if, if Botman's fair. back. Whereas I guess with Livramento, let's say we get to Game Week 18 and Livramento's been playing you know, quite regularly, it still feels like it's like an 80% chance to start yeah. maybe 90 percent by then um how doesn't tend to rotate the defenders but then these are young players and i guess with the injuries he he might be a bit more experimental but again like, i'm speculating could. there no no he definitely could you make a good point it's so it is for me it makes both of them to jump on this week when we have all the info that the only info we have is what i talked about which is that midweek game let's say livramento starts against bournemouth and then the litmus test for me is he starts Chelsea and Man United, the two tougher games. Mm -hmm. He starts both of them. I can then have some security that, okay, I like Livramento as a pick and then I downgrade a cash to him 
and I release some money and then I know that I'm fairly certain, 80-90%, like you said, for Game Week 18, I'm okay, I'm okay even for the Christmas period with 80-90% certainty. I can see myself doing that a little bit more. It's just this week I struggle to say I know enough to jump on either of them. No, I agree. And especially it's an away fixture this week as well. It doesn't feel like one of those one of those home bankers. And I guess you're, you're, you could end up with a backline of, you know, 80% to start players. And, you know, if you get four or five of those, cumulatively, you could have a, a terrible week yeah. at, at some point. So that, that does put me off as well. And again, that comes back to someone like Dunk just because he was he was now. But I don't know why I keep talking about him because he's <laughs> clear, clearly he's injured, injured now. now. Um, I mean, Gabriel, you said Gabriel's not a problem. Why do you say that? I mean, you think it's just a rest he got against Sheffield United or are you at all concerned that he doesn't start Burnley? I mean, I didn't think he was a problem when I wildcarded. I do think there's, again, like that, that 80-90% chance I think he starts. But cumulatively, if all my defenders have got that, it, it, it could become a problem very, very quickly. As in, I could see a week in the next three or four game weeks if I don't make a few defensive transfers where I just decide to use both my, my both my transfers on defenders, you know, yeah. and just completely sort that back line out. Because we're just off wild card, and I'm already I already have concerns um, about quite a lot of the defenders I have. But <laughs> then there's also this problem. I can see why they're good picks and they have high upside. I mean, it was only last season that Gabriel was like top for XG defenders he's not quite as good this season um obviously he's not started every every single game i feel like Simicast does have big upside being on set pieces playing for an elite defense like liverpool but you're gonna have to gamble that you're gonna get one pointers here and there that's the thing with him he'll always come on yeah always but it's frustrating if you don't go for a player like that i mean i find it frustrating let's say he's you know 70 percent owned for example and there's going to be weeks where, you know, he gets 12 points or 15 points or or more. And it's just going to make you really, you know, doubt why why you've sold such a, you know, such a bargain pick. Yeah. Um, yeah. But then this season's weird because there's also this argument that, you know, if you go for a player like, like Lascelles, for example, and it doesn't work out, the argument always used to be there's no one else to go to. You're stuck at that price. And, mm. and this season, you're not stuck by, by no, any means. And, and the other thing is, for people panicking with their defenders, let's remember that we have, I say we as a collective template, mm. you know, Haaland, Watkins. I know Andy Martin's in the chat, so not all of us have Haaland. Obviously, some brave souls don't have. Um, but we have Haaland, Watkins. We have Salah. We have Saka. We have Sun. Not, not everybody has these five, but at least four of them. Then many will have two good midfielders. I think there's a lot here. We can talk Bowen, we can talk Madison, we can talk Gordon, Eze, Palmer, Mitoma, Mbomo. So all these guys seem safe and good picks. So you don't have to actually, so it's okay to use a couple of transfers in defense to sort stuff out or to change a little bit of a, if you go for Livromento this week, doesn't work out. It's okay. Go, go down to Lascelles if he's back or go up to Botman if he's fit. So I don't think also we we there's no problem focusing a little bit on the weaker spots, which could be defence. I don't. I think it's okay. It just feels... Because I agree with that. I mean, I've got my five midfielders and I've got no plans to change them. And if I don't sell Watkins, maybe all my transfers are going to go on defenders. So you're probably right. It's probably not a bad thing. Just yeah. the only thing I don't like is it feels like draft FPL, as in the kind of moves I'm looking at making are just like picking up a defender because he's got a good fixture and he's cheap. Like it, there is similarities with that. Whereas in it, ideal world we'd be doing that Saka to Bruno Fernandes move you know if Man United were playing better 
last week even i was actually yeah. you know it, it would have been something i would have thought about if i had two free transfers and nothing else to do saka was away to newcastle bruno was away to fulham or and, home to fulham and that's away, where we want to, to be using those transfers <laughs> yeah yeah i agree with you but instead we're talking about defenders which i think's were i mean so who's your top target for a defender this week and i know that's quite a quite a broad question i would it was a stupinian until one hour ago yeah um even though he came with risks which risks the risks that bore fruit so you know it could have easily happened that we all jumped on a stupinian cash to stupinian and he had the same niggle 5 minutes into the sheffield united game so that's a bullet dodged but apart from that i have to tell you if i had money maybe saliba because double arsenal defense feels okay for a short period by the way because i think there's a period where arsenal play liverpool aston villa and brighton there's one clean sheet or zero clean sheets there um yeah yeah they got aston villa brighton and yeah then liverpool's the one in the in the blank in 18 and it's liverpool away as well so i don't want to keep two arsenal defenders for that period but i could get to a saliba and then dump gabriel if he continues to have problems so that could be a route so i like saliba if i if someone can get to it i can't um that's a problem for a lot of cash owners, actually, because actually one of the reasons I haven't been thinking about Saliba as much is purely because cash to Saliba for me with nothing in the bank, I'm 0.1 short. And I'm assuming you're yeah. the same then. Correct. Yeah. So Correct. I think there's a lot of people in that boat. Those of us that got on cash late, actually, whenever you got on cash, really, if you have no money in the bank. You need to upgrade it. Yeah. Which is, which is one of those annoying things in a season where really we don't fully need the money. <laughs> There's a lot of us at like one, 0.1 short. So I agree with that, actually. They're probably the ones you want to go for is Saliba, then Gabriel. I mean, and Zinchenko as well. doesn't seem the risk, does he? No, Zinchenko for me, no. Because Tomiasu is getting enough minutes, even though he went off, I think, injured. So one to monitor if he goes off. But Zinchenko is just... I get it. You know, people like Luke Disable have Zinchenko and I get it because Zinchenko is actually not played. He's ob- almost, you can think of him as, as uh, anti-Gabriel, where... It's the easier games where Gabriel, where Zinchenko is trusted because he can sort of invert into midfield, create that extra man because you have a lot of the possession, and he struggles to do that against tougher teams, and and they actually target him. And he had so that game, I was just trying to find him on the app, but for some reason I can't find him. Um, which he had that game where he subbed at halftime or very close after halftime, and so they went, I think that, that I think that was a, the wild card eights. I think that was a lot of them ended up with Zinchenko, and I think that's before the the risk became even even more apparent and obviously Ben White's really really expensive yeah yeah and without wanting to get into goalkeepers you know I kind of wish I'd gone for Raya but obviously if you've gone for Raya and Turner you haven't got a goalkeeper next week um no in in 13 because well Turner's been dropped and then Raya's playing Brentford and he's obviously on loan correct a lot of people didn't know that there were people who messaged me who have Raya and just recently found out. But anyway, this is why we forward plan and try to help people with forward yeah. planning. I, su- I suppose people in that situation, let's say they have two transfers like us, I guess they want to try and get a little bit of money out this week so they can maybe upgrade to Ariola, the backup keeper. Yeah, yeah, that, possibly. Something like that probably makes sense. I haven't looked into actual rotations with, with Raya. Um, he doesn't rotate well with Ariola. I think Ariola was probably the best rotation with no with Raya. No, there is no rotation there. They both have good fixtures at the same time. Okay, so it was just to cover thirteen then. So yeah, I can't remember who West Ham. I mean, no one has a good fixture in thirteen. Actually, that's a that's another thing. So other than Crystal Palace or or Brighton. Yeah, because yeah, because Arsenal obviously Arsenal got Brentford. It's West Ham. Yeah, away at Burnley. So you're right. They do have fixtures at the good at the same at the same time. Exactly. But I assume exactly. you'll pay Raya most weeks. 
Well, you well, would. I, I mean, that's fine, and that's yeah. fine. There is upside there. So I, I, you went drier for a reason. So yeah, I think you can get a backup. But I think you know, share is still a good option if you wanted to go back to Newcastle defense. Trippier, of course, it's a completely different bracket. We're talking about Trippier because then you have to sacrifice someone else, unless you have huge team value, which a lot of people don't. That's where we are on defenders. Yeah, I think I think it would change as the, as the fixtures change. I mean, obviously this week. I mean, actually, I want to put up the a screen by Rob T. So it's at Rob T FPL on on Twitter or on X because mm-hmm. we've got all the all the clean sheet odds etc. So I know we've talked a little bit about Brighton defenders, which we're not going to go for now. But then when you look at this, Brighton a second in clean sheet odds, forty seven percent chance, only behind Arsenal, who we've just been talking about, fifty five percent pretty much a banker or as close to a banker as it can come with clean sheets Sheffield United is the worst attack in the league yeah so I mean from what we've seen so far not to offend any Sheffield United fans I don't think but... they'd be offended I don't think they'd be offended I mean the goals Archer scored it was an incredible goal at the weekend obviously it was a penalty I think that's yeah. the Everton game I remember that one well because a lot of us have benched Archer and Pickford scored an own goal but again that was like a screamer from Archer that bounced off Picks exactly. back. <laughs> Very low XG chances. If if they get if some days it works, it works. Yeah, but th- this and this um, graph for those watching, or not graph, this table for those what um, for those watching. I mean, Arsenal two point six five expected goals or projected goals, and you can see why you've got Inketia and Saka uh, and they're desperately waiting for news because that that could be huge for you to have. Yeah, two attackers. I mean, three Arsenal, but two attackers. Yeah. And then obviously yeah. it, it overlaps with Brighton's the only one projected to score more, 2.75. This was my thinking because Arsenal were 3.0 for Sheffield United and 2.7 here. There were six goals here for the taking, which is why Inketia made sense to me. I mean, Inketia um, took the whole three, didn't he? <laughs> he took the whole three, yeah. I mean, let's see, let's see. If I get it, it's fine. Otherwise, we'll, we move on. We, 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 sh- we take the memories and we move on. It feels like a game week where we're just going to all be refreshing our phones on, on Saturday morning. <laughs> Even to well, I don't even know if we get any news, right? I mean, it's more about tomorrow on what we hear, and every day we, you know, we tend to think press conferences or another day doesn't give us more information. It does. I mean, today we found out about Simicas. We found out a little bit more about well, we found out a lot about Estupinian. We found out about Dunk. So every day is different. Maybe we find out something different and it changes our plans. But I really hope that I have both Inketi and Saka free, just to end my team. And I have nothing to do with my team. And I'm sitting on Friday night thinking, do I burn or do I do Simicast to Konza or something? I mean, my dilemma compared to yours, basically, you've got Enketia. I've got Pedro. And obviously, looking at this, Brighton 2.75. So project, projected to score ever so slightly more than Arsenal. Yeah. Obviously, the thing with Pedro is he's on penalties, but he's just played 90 minutes tonight. So is Adringa. So did Matoma. It was only Fatty who came off early and he seems to come off early quite quite often to be honest yeah i think he plays lalana and ferguson i've I've been looking so the reason i benched pedro last week was a big part was to do with neil on fantasy football scout because i've been looking at his i look at his team predictions yesterday i looked he had pedro to start i looked on the train just before i got home and he's got exactly what you say he's got he's got lalana and ferguson to start again and i think you're right um I just think I might risk it. I just think the upside of that fixture is so big. The fact when he cameos, he's on penalties as well. Yeah. 
Yeah, I get it. But then what would you do? Where, where are you thinking? Where are you thinking? Of? Maybe read out your team. I know it's Yeah, if I put my similar. team on the screen quickly, it's very, very similar to yours. Um, so I've got Ariola in goal. I've got Cash, Gabriel and Maguire. Son and Bumo. Salah captain, Saka. Watkins, mm-hmm. Yael Pedro and Haaland. Then my subs are, I've got Palmer, Simakas and Taylor. Two free transfers, nothing in the bank. I'm sure I can't just do Pedro to Inketia. I can't just do cash to Saliba, which I think you would have be nothing in the bank, is it? Absolutely nothing in the bank. I squeezed okay. everything out of this team <laughs> to, to get Pedro in. <laughs> right, right. On wildcard, that is. Look, you already made money of Pedro by making the good decision of benching Pedro. I know, I know, Hibo, <laughs> shout out to him. Who, I mean, he has a very similar team to yours and he had the opposite. It's a 50 50 call. Um, so for him, Pedro, I mean, I can imagine how much he hates him. I can imagine he's not going to start Pedro just out of the hate of having started him in the last two games and him doing nothing. Yeah, I mean, to be honest, Pedro, if I'd benched him twice since wildcard, I've had, I'd have had the Mbumo 13 points and I've had the, I'd have had the Palmer 12. So yeah, the best thing I could have done with Pedro is, is bench him. But part of me is tempted, like I said, just for that upside, you know, there is still a chance that he plays because obviously for, I'm I, if I'm predicting now, I don't think he starts. But no, he can play two positions. That's the thing. If Lalana is not fit or you know he's not up to it, he could play there in the ten. Which wouldn't if, be a shock. <laughs> if Ferguson slips in the shower, he can play nine. So uh, you know, it's 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 an option. So yeah. I don't think we can say categorically that he won't start. You know, it's you know he very well could. Yeah. So there could be like a thirty percent chance he starts and I get seventy minutes, or there could be. Otherwise, he's probably going to get like a third of the match. And that's a third of the match on penalties against Sheffield United as as well. So that's why it tempts me. It's like him against Palmer again. Palmer's got City this week. Mm. It, the gap is a lot bigger. As in, if they both played, you know, 90 minutes, the gap's much, much bigger between the two. So yeah. my transfer this week, I'm probably, and it's changed a lot. I was going to do cash to dunk. Now I'm not sure. Now I could do like Simicast to someone, maybe Simicast to... Lascelles. It frees up a little bit of money. I could still go back for Simicast after the Man City game. I don't know if I would. Because otherwise I'm really looking at burning. Unless I bring Archer in. I don't want to give up on Pedro just yet. And can you afford... Like, what do you think of... Like, obviously I'm asking you a question for your team, but actually it's for yep. my team. Would you not even consider Pedro to Palmer? Or you just don't want to lose Palmer for Eze? Pedro to Palmer... Oh, I see. What, downgrade Pedro to upgrade Palmer? Do you know what? I do like that idea. The only thing I don't like about it is not having two transfers after the international break with quite a few defenders I'm not happy with. But yeah, I do like it. I do like it because I have looked at my team and I'm going to play Mbumo a lot because Mbumo and Palmer have got, you know, bad fixtures for the next few. I think I'm just going to play Mbumo through it. Palmer probably isn't going to see the team again until everyone else starts buying it anyway. This is the point. This so, is the point. I don't want yeah. to play Palmer now. I mean, we love Palmer. We got him on wildcard. We thank him for 12 points. But what I mean is, I think I said it in my team, it was always a part of a rotation idea. It was never that you play Palmer against Man City and Newcastle, the two toughest games that for me, attacking-wise, you can have. I mean, we had quite similar rotation. You, well, you had Nketi and Palmer, and mine was in Bumo, Pedro and Palmer. So I had more of a three-way kind of rotation. But our strikers have ruined it. The third strikers. Well, basically. But you actually got points for yours. So you can probably yeah, sell with yeah, a I smile. Whereas I'll be selling, selling with tears in my eyes. Um, 
Yeah, I, I don't hate the idea. I really don't. There's just part of me wants to have two free transfers because I see a lot of teams with two free transfers. We're planning for this for this blank. I still haven't decided if I'm going to free hit in 18 or not because obviously I have a boomo as well. Um, also, I did. I mean, I did look at bringing in a, a Man City defender, but the fixtures aren't great and I'd rather pick my City defenders nearer the time because obviously now Stones is out um, and it sounds like that could be for a long time. Mm. I'd just rather wait. A big regret I have is that I didn't go for Walker over Cash because I can't afford Cash to Walker now and Walker's played every game. And I mean, Stones is out now. Aren't amazing. I'll say that again, sorry? Stones is also out now. So With Stones out as well. small competition that he may have. Uh, yeah, I think Walker's fairly nailed. But, but all those obviously talks, not a... Do you remember all those conversations about the best English right back? And it, it looks, I mean, at the moment, it's Walker. <laughs> this Based on this season. Um, because Trippier is the best left back. Well, yeah. The best fit left back. <laughs> it's, no, it's <laughs> but very, yeah, it's between but, I mean, Trippier's having to play left back for England because how, how good Walker is. Yeah, um, fair. But fair. yeah, he's one I've got on my watch list for a few weeks' time. I do, I do want to get Walker back. I do kind of regret it. The only problem is a lot of less engaged managers are still bringing him in and his price continues to rise because he's playing every single game. They're Walker believers more than you, man. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> but yeah, that, that's right. my team anyway. It's like, yeah, everything's been thrown apart because of because of that Brighton game. Um, and obviously there's still games going on right now. We've got West Ham playing right now. We've got Villa playing right now. Yeah, I was going to check if there's anything. Uh, I mean, why don't you talk a little bit about captaincy? Where are you? Where are you with captaincy? Have you at all thought about Watkins or Holland? I wouldn't captain Watkins just because he's not on not on penalties. It's as it's as simple as that. Although you Watkins know, has just scored. Um, you know how you know Villa's record at home this season. It's they're top of the league by a by a mile on home how, home form. Home games, they have scored four goals a game on average. Four goals a game. Yeah, and I mean that's why. Selling cash this week would terrify me as well. Their home, their home and away splits are insane. Like they look like completely different teams. So yeah, I mean on the on the Rob T thing, they're one point nine five. So I I guess I mean that's still that's still very good. I mean it's less than Man United against Luton, mm. but maybe that says a bit more about Fulham as well. But yeah, no, I wouldn't be I wouldn't be shocked if if Villa went big, but I wouldn't captain Watkins over Salah purely because of penalties. Harlan's kind of tempting actually. Ireland is tempting, but Chelsea has been good this season. I just feel like, and I don't, I don't want EO to come in too much into it, but obviously he's he's lower than he's going to be most of the season at the moment, Harland. And he's still, he's got that massive ceiling. He's he's so good. And there is part of me that thinks... I mean, City score two goals and he gets one. It's whether Salah scores two. Yeah, I mean, Liverpool are projected to get more points. I mean, there's... <laughs> But there's still that temptation with Haaland. I think just while his stock's so low, and it's, I mean, it's not that low at all, but, you know, in the, in the eyes of people. Yeah. But then will people be put off Salah? Like, we could see a real split this week because they both blanked last week. That's the thing. And a lot of people, I can talk for myself, there's also a, a bias playing in my head that over the last four weeks, I've been screwing up captaincy every week. Now, I think I'm happy with my decision-making, you know, Sun blank against Luton game week nine, Salah gets a brace. Game week, uh, game week ten, you know, you get Haaland captain, Salah gets something else. Uh, last week, obviously, neither did did well, but it's just not working out. And people generally may also have some kind of a captaincy frustration or wanting to do something out of you know off piste. And so that's why I was thinking. Otherwise, I wouldn't even second guess. Salah at home is good enough. 
You're no, you're right there. There probably there is definitely a frustration. We probably had the same captain most weeks. I'd yeah. assume. Did you have Son when Salah hold? Yeah, yes, I'm, I'm pretty sure we've had didn't. the same captain every week. Then, so um, last four weeks is every week. It's felt like, you know, we're picking the right, call it optimal or the best captain on paper, but it's just not working out. And so, do you go different or do you just say trust the process? And I think I have a inkling we will trust the process. Yeah, there just aren't there aren't arguments you can make against Salah right now. Like you can build a whole narrative around Darwin, you know, sucking all the XG to himself, and <laughs> it's very easy to do that in you know such a small span of time as Indeed. well. But no, I think I will captain Salah. But the one that tempts me, it's not Watkins. It would be, it would be Harland. But you're right. I mean, if my captains have been going well, I'll probably just keep you know put put it on Salah and wouldn't think think twice about it. And it's probably boredom as well after, you know, a game week like that where not very much happened. Like Harry Maguire clean sheet was the, the pinnacle until Palmer scored. Who plays scored. later? Who plays later? I know this stuff should never matter. But no, so Chelsea sometimes. City is the Sunday evening game. Oh, man. That would be a nice Haaland captain. I know. I say evening, half four. Yeah. Half four. But imagine playing last and, you know, the joy. You and I had Palmer, right? Yeah. Having a player play last and then hauling. It's just a different FPL feeling. You just, you know, you just feel like, okay, I've overtaken everyone who was ahead of me this week. Yeah, but then you can still get the other, you can still get the other one. What can't you wear? Have you ever gone into the last game week with three players? I mean, well, nothing. like like as this week and you're like, this, this is the same. <laughs> we yeah. went so long without mentioning that, without mentioning as. But yeah, and then you can just have that, that, you know, awful feeling that, you know, you build it up all day at work. You're like, oh, at least I get to watch three of my players play tonight. Um <laughs> Yeah, to be fair, Liverpool is also Sunday. So it's not like a huge, you know, uh, you, you don't sleep better on a Saturday night if Salah has blanked that your your Haaland captain plays the next day. Like a lot of Salah captainers did, you know, previous weekend when Haaland got the one-pointer, they were dreaming of a 15-pointer. Exactly. Uh, anyway. sun, those Sunday two, look, two o'clocks look good. Villa against Fulham, Brighton against Sheffield United, Liverpool, Brentford and West Ham Forest. Absolutely. It's like it's made for FPL. Anyway, and we're Western. waffling and we've gone out we've gone over our allocated time already, Prowse. All right, all right. Yeah. <laughs> let's call it let's call it quits. I think uh, the Arteta press conference, at least for both of us, is key. Uh, for me, very key because I need to know about Inketi and Saka. So see what we get. Yeah, and I'm gonna keep my eye on that. I'm gonna keep refreshing Neil's prediction on, on Brighton. I know what's gonna happen, Braz. Basically, I'm gonna see that no one thinks Pedro's gonna start. And I'm going to start. I'm, I'm going to start him anyway. <laughs> we know. I, I avoided that sunk cost fallacy this week and managed to bench him for Palmer. Actually, okay. Last question to you: Would yeah. you consider Edward if you could go to Pedro to Edward? Edward, I, no. I mean, I Same look at, again. I look at Rob T's thing. Palace projected to get one point two five goals. Everton one point one. That just seems like one of the most boring games of the weekend. I, I think it is a good pick. It's like a good safe pick. And maybe if I was wildcarding or something and I needed a third striker, I could make that work. Um, but in short, no, no, it just no. Does, it okay. doesn't no excite me. I, I think 30 minutes of Pedro would get me more excited than 80 minutes of Eduard, for example. You heard it here, Andy. Andy, let's talk FPL. I, yeah, I, I saw I, him, I'm I saw of he was looking view. at that. I'm of a similar view. Stats are worse than Ollie McBurney. I mean, okay, Eze is back and fixtures are there. But yeah, I find it hard as well. Anyway, the spread, the let's call it... The do like Edward though. He's okay. Yeah. I say like, yeah, for a Palace player. Yeah. Although Eze is back now, so yeah. 
anyway let's 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 wrap up um i'll be i'll be interested to see what you do um good luck right, to everyone Grace. with all the defensive transfers and i just hope someone <laughs> some exciting defender emerges before the deadline and i hope we all score over 30 points this week that would be nice <laughs> okay good night good night